You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. They're laughing because they know, all right? So I'm going to try really hard here, all right? I'm looking at the clock, and I'm going to try really hard. We're in a series, and the series is called, for you who are our, our friends here today with us, A Pretty Decent Church, all right? That's the name of the series. Uh, and it's really all about what makes us significant to God and uh, how do we live a life uh, modeling the character of Christ and how do we do that in, in a church world that's looking for the bigger and the better and the brighter and all of that kind of stuff. How do we just live decent? How do we love God and love each other and that sort of thing? And so today, um, it just so happens that one of those significant markers of a pretty decent church is a pretty decent church is a generous church, okay? So I want to say this to you. I believe that the starting place for any message on the generosity of God is one scripture alone, and that is John 3:16. For God so loved that he gave. He gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life and would not perish, okay? That's where we want to start today, is with this precious message of how great and how generous God is. It's vitally important for you and I that we focus our efforts of generosity, that we, whatever we're doing, wherever we're doing it, all right, that we focus our efforts on imitating God and His generosity, that we do it like He does it. After all, He is the springboard of generosity, all right? Um, he's our starting place. He, he, he's, he's what makes the, the money conversation so important to all of us and how we use our money and how we steward the gifts that, that, that we are, are given, all right? Uh, so it's not about raising money here today. It's not about money at all, really. It's about making disciples. It's not about filling an envelope with cash. It's about being conformed to the image of Christ. It's about us doing like Jesus. It's about us being like Jesus. It's about us following Jesus as our great example. So with that mindset, I want to give you three things real quick today, three big ideas about the generosity of God. The first one is this. God gives even to the ungrateful and the wicked. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 says to us, But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And then Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, it brings it closer to us and, and more in light for us, For God showed His love to us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God gives his best, folks, even to his enemies, all right? And, and, and many of those who will be standing up here today for their, their little two-minute segment, all right, uh, they've got stories to tell. Believe me, if they had the time today, they could fill a whole service with just stories, stories to celebrate and stories not to celebrate. But they give. They persevere. They stand. They, they, they lay their own lives down, if you will. And we celebrate that today, that reality that it's not about the condition of the individual. It's about the love of the Father. And while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And so we don't look at other people and judge them. We don't look at other people and decide if they're good or bad, right or wrong. We don't, we don't lay out criteria and check it off to, to, to decide whether or not we should give. We look to our Heavenly Father. We look to what He has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, and we give out of that understanding. Because, you see, we don't see ourselves as victims. We see ourselves as instruments. We are vessels of honor, if you will. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are the vessels of honor. Paul says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the, the, the sacrifice of your faith, he goes, I'm glad and I'll rejoice with all in doing that. And these people who are coming up here today, we know them. 
We see them. We see them in the good and the bad, and we see them and know that their heart is to rejoice in the goodness of God, regardless of the circumstances or the situations that God puts them into, and there they are Christ to others, being poured out, if you will. And so then we are poured out as a church, and we demonstrate God's great love and that he poured out his only son for all of us, that we might drink of living waters the life of Christ. Point number two, God uses generosity to establish relationship. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says there, do you presume the riches of his kingdom and his forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead to repentance? We don't give just to feel good. We give because God is at work. God is drawing us to repentance. God is drawing us to conforming. In, in this passage in Romans, Paul is telling us that God's kindness leads us to a place of repentance. It's God's kindness that moves us towards a relationship with Him. And without His generosity, without, which, by the way, includes generous grace, uh, generous forgiveness, uh, generous patience, generous love, all of this, we would never have the opportunity to know him if he were not generous to all of us. So as you carry this idea a little bit further, it's going to be amazing to realize how often God uses generosity, all right, just to form a proper relationship with others within and outside the body of Christ. When he wanted to establish relationship between the believing church and the unbelieving world in the early church in the book of Acts, uh, he was prompted to, to lead others to, to radical generosity. I'm talking about they sold their land and they sold their possessions and they gave to the poor and those who were in need. To anyone who didn't have their own ability to take care of themselves, the church came on board and gave and gave and gave. Father, when God wants to change the world, he doesn't accomplish it through brute force, folks. Instead, he equips the church and ministries like these sitting on the front row here to be blessed, to be a blessing. We're joining hands in partnership with all of these people. These are great ministries and great organizations here, and you're going to hear from them today because we want to be a blessing in such a way that these individuals can bless others, so we help them to do that. Point number three, God also gives his very best, okay? So, we have a God who gives to the ungrateful and wicked world, and we have a God who uses generosity to bring relationships together, and we have a God who gave his very best. And that brings us right back to the verse I started with, for God so loved the world that he gave. Whoever believes in him, they will not perish, but they will have eternal life. We serve a God who has abundant resources. I mean, let's, let's say it like it is. Everything is his. None of this belongs to us. None of us can put our hands on it and hold it tight. We've got to be loose with the way we hold what we have and what has been given to us, all right? He is a God of abundant resources, all right? It would be very easy for him to just say, uh, hey, they can just have the leftovers. They can have whatever, all right? But instead, he gave us the best of the best. At the point of creation, God spoke he spoke words of creativity. He spoke things into being, and he looked over creation, and he didn't say things like, well, this will do. He didn't say things like, oh, well, they'll abandon me anyway, so I'll just give them what I got here. He looked at everything he had created, and he said, this is exceedingly good, and he gave it to us. Now, we walked away from that in rebellion, and that cost us all relationship. And that action put all of us in desperate need. We have the need of a savior. We have the need of a rescuer, one who would come and would bring us back to the Father. And so when we walked away, God began to make a way. And when he made the way, it was the most generous, amazing gift that could possibly be given. And that was his son, Jesus Christ. And so out of our need, he responded with his greatest gift ever. And his son died on the cross, rose from the grave, is at the right hand of the Father even today as you and I are talking about being generous and he is praying for every one of us. This is the love of the Father. God gave his son. He provided the greatest example of generosity possible 
And I don't know any other thing that could speak to that kind of generosity other than this God, our salvation in the flesh, Jesus. And so when I look around, I don't see a better gift than this Jesus that he has given to us. So in this season where everybody's saying, give me, give me, give me, or what can I get, or here's my gift list, and you can get me these things, and this, and that, and the other, and it's all kind of swirling around in that place of what, what am I going to come out with at the end of the story here? Understand that the story has already been written. The work has already been done, and it's finished. And that is Jesus and his love for you and I and his willingness to go to that cross. He wasn't forced. He wasn't coerced. He said, I'll lay my life down. And he did. And he died. But the good news is he's alive. He's alive for you and I. And through the power of the resurrection, you can live today as well. You can know him, and you can live as he lives, and you can be generous in your life as well. That might be the shortest sermon I've ever preached in my entire life. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Come on up here, Pastor Dave. We are so excited. We're so happy to introduce uh, these people to you now. For you who are visitors, I know some of you, uh, you are probably from, from churches that, that are quite organized and, and you have a set order of how you do things and that's all good and we respect that and love that. But you got two guys up here right now that are from fun country and we're just going to have some fun now, okay? Uh, so we love to give uh, and we're just going to enjoy giving and having a good time. So just relax and chill uh, and let's do this together, all right? We're going to just introduce these partners real quick, and you all are going to take the microphone that Dave has there uh, and share for your couple of minutes. All right, and we're going to start with you, Pastor. Awesome. Um, yeah, we can't wait for this. And by the way, if, you, if the Holy Spirit moves on your heart as one of these people is presenting and you say, hey, I would like to give a gift after this, you're still welcome to do that through the end of the year. Um, we're going to be compiling all those gifts today and after through the end of the year and then giving to each one of those ministries as uh, the Lord brings in those gifts. So today is not your last opportunity. You can just pray about that and, and ask the Lord what you would do because we have some amazing people that you're about to hear from. And uh, we'll start with Justin Vandewater from Primary. Uh, so excited to have Justin with us. Justin's a dear friend and brother of mine. But if you, if you look out in the hallway, you see our mission statement up on the wall, and it says, we glorify Jesus Christ by making disciples in our neighborhood and beyond. And um, so nothing is more near and dear to our heart than actually knowing that we're accomplishing the mission that Jesus gave us, right? Otherwise, we're just a massive failure gathering every Sunday, and what are we doing? Um, and so primaries come alongside us and said, hey, we want to help you. Uh, we've asked them to come alongside us and partner with us and journey with us and, and help to, us to empower each one of us, ordinary people, to do the extraordinary thing of making disciples and doing that on a regular basis, lifelong, until we meet Jesus. And we're so excited that Primary is here with us. So, Justin, will you just come and share with us for a minute? We want to bless you and give you a check here. And uh, thank you, brother, for all you do. Awesome. Justin, you're my friend, too. Okay. Just <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know what to think, because Scripture says the first will be last. And so I'm not mm. sure what that means for me going first here. <laughs> Um, I have been so blessed by this church. Um, as we were driving here this morning as a family, we were talking about, um, my kids often ask me, Dad, help me tell my friends what you do. I don't know what you do. And I say, it's really simple. I'm a local missionary. You know, like, well, what does that mean? But we were talking about how missionaries have churches that send them. And I, this, this might surprise some of you, but Life Church is one of the core or one of the uh, primary sending churches for us as a family in this region. And so on behalf of my family, on behalf of me, thank you as a church just for your investment in our family and your investment in us as a ministry. We've heard it over and over. We are blessed to be a blessing all throughout Scripture, God's heart. He has blessed us, and we are to enjoy that, but for the purpose of multiplying His glory into the lives of other people. Amen? To be a blessing and have that flow through. And our heart as a ministry is just to acknowledge uh, the simple truth that if we're a new creation in Christ, if God has taken all of our sin through Jesus and gifted us with all of his righteousness, 
We believe, Scripture says, the purpose of this is he loves us, he's forgiven of us, and he wants us to partner with him in bringing his ministry of reconciliation to this whole world. So we are, we are just uh, passionate about seeing every person in the body of Christ uh, mobilized and activated into a lifestyle of obedience. Psalm 96, David said this when the ark came in. Uh, he was celebrating, singing to the Lord, and then he said, Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. We want this to be a lifestyle. We want to see the gospel go forth every day and have people wake up with this mindset. Who's going to hear the gospel today because of my ministry? Amen. Who's going to hear the gospel today because of Life Church and because of my ministry? So we, we just activate people. Do I have time for a quick story? Am I doing okay? Nope. <laughs> I know him. We, in the community, there are so many God-prepared people, right? We'd be surprised to, to see how many people are actually waiting. God is stirring in their heart, and they're just waiting for someone to interact with them, to neighbor and befriend them. And one quick story, we were down in the Falls Park area just prayer walking, praying over our city, but looking for people. And, and we were standing by the little uh, circular area right in front of the main falls. And there was a gal that came and stood beside me and my friend who were praying, and she was holding her camera up to take a picture. And I said, hey, can I, can I take you the picture and you can get in there? And we started to interact. She was of Asian descent. And I said, well, where are you from? She said, I'm from Taiwan. And I said, oh, that's awesome. We have a little boy we adopted from Taiwan. We connected with her. And I said, you know what? We're out in the community today uh, because of Jesus Christ. We want to be a blessing to other people. Is there anything that we can pray for you? And she just started weeping, just started weeping. She goes, I'm here for a few weeks from Taiwan. I'm teaching in a, in a university in Minnesota. I'm here for a few weeks, but I'm very sick. And I had just asked God to send somebody to pray for me. And I'm like, what's the chances that we're there at that moment, that she's there from Taiwan, but we serve a big God who is working in people's hearts and he's going to use each one of us. Amen. Thank you, Life Church. Uh, awesome to be here with so many people. Uh, I'm humbled. I love your guys' heart. I've always said that. What you're doing in this, in this city to bring the body together, the task is too large for any one ministry or any one church. We need the whole body Amen. bringing the whole gospel to our whole city, right, until, until there's no place left. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to hold on to that. Um, the next uh, ministry is one that I, I have enjoyed fellowship with for many years, uh, and probably the one guy here who's older than I am for sure, so that is comforting. <laughs> Jerry Moots, come up here. Jerry uh, is co-director. I don't know exactly what you do. You can tell them better than I can. He's co-director of UHOP. Um, and uh, I think like co-pastor of Encounter Church, and uh, he does a lot of other things too. Um, but the thing that is, is most important to us and where our relationship is really like stoked by the Holy Spirit is that every Tuesday morning, David and I meet at UHOP. We go over there. Tuesdays is our day of prayer, and we pray for all of you Life Church people uh, every Tuesday by name. Uh, we have a list, you know. But first, before we pray for you, we go over and we meet with Jerry and his son, Jeff, and we have them pray for us. So every week, David and I are being prayed for. Life Church is being prayed for. UHOP uh, is behind that, uh, over that, doing that. And we have literally seen amazing prayers answered just specifically in the way that these men have prayed over us for this church. And it, when we don't get to do it, we miss it. And I know you do too. So <laughs> here's an envelope. Uh, talk to us. Okay. <laughs> for Thank two you. Minutes, yes, two minutes. <laughs> he is a man that believes in miracles, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I represent Underground House of Prayer. UHOP is the, uh, is the term that most people use. And I'm just going to read out of uh, Acts 15, verse 16. It says, After this I will return and uh, rebuild uh, David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. 
that the remnant of man may seek uh, the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things that have been known uh, for ages. And so uh, back in the day, most people are familiar with the uh, tabernacle of, of Moses and uh, kind of all the ritual and regulation that is there. Uh, but, you know, for a season, they were missing the ark or the presence of God, and David brought it back and, and created a tent uh, with no restrictions. Uh, it was just open. I mean, you could see uh, the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant was revealed, and David uh, 24-7 paid for musicians and singers to pray and to praise and to worship 24-7. And in the 40 years that he instituted that, there was no wars, there was peace, there was blessing. And then there was uh, at least seven kings that reinstituted that uh, in uh, their kingdoms and experienced the very same thing. And so in Amos 9.11, this verse actually uh, refers back to that, says that I'm going to rebuild it. And so New Testament in the book of Acts says I'm going to rebuild it. And then Revelation 5.8 gives example uh, of it uh, representing it as harp and bowl, uh, harp representing the worship uh, bowl, the prayers of the saints uh, ascending. And so uh, that's what we are in the process of. And so right now uh, we actually... uh, uh, are open uh, beyond our church hours. Uh, so Underground House of Prayer uh, has its facility open for 33 hours a week, and that's what we do is uh, pray, praise, and worship. Uh, we are hoping for 24-7, uh, and so that is our, our vision and our goal. And just what happened in uh, the time of uh, David's uh, tabernacle uh, was that there was an open heaven, if you will. And so that's what we're praying for, the advancement of God's kingdom here on earth through an open heaven. And so that the things that that we do for the kingdom of God, sharing Christ's discipling, as has already been stated through Justin, uh, Lord, that uh, uh, that there would be an open heaven for these things and that, that not just uh, one and, and five and ten maybe would get saved in a certain amount of time, but hundreds and then thousands that, that the expanse of God's kingdom would come uh, with floods of his glory. And so uh, we're open Monday through Friday, uh, 6 a.m. until 12 noon. And then a couple uh, evenings, you can go on our website and, and check those uh, times out. But also, you have, actually, I, I'm not sure how often it's mentioned or whatever, uh, but you have Harp and Bowl going on here uh, on Monday nights. And so uh, my encouragement would be you owe yourself at least to investigate one time. Come one time on Monday night and experience it uh, here. Uh, and then if you need some other odd hours, uh, we have some odd hours uh, for you, if you will. And so uh, we just love uh, Life Church. Uh, this guy is kind of the reason that I got into prayer. So blame it on him uh, for anything that I do wrong or whatever. <laughs> it's nice to get credit for something. Yes. Right? Okay, yeah. So uh, because he started a pastor's prayer, and at age 49, the Lord threw me into be full-time ministry. And so I started joining that prayer, and now it has gone, and and, uh, I just was created for this. And so I owe a lot of that to you. And this young guy, I've seen him uh, when he was quite young and and greeting me, uh, uh, serving uh, at uh, uh, citywide (laughs) ministries. uh, And uh, so just love them both, uh, and just uh, the heart of uh, of servant in, in both these men. So love them both. Thank you so much. Uh, for the time and your love and gift this morning. Thanks, Pastor Jerry. I love you too. Um, You know, one of the cool things about Jesus in the Gospels is he doesn't just minister to people's spiritual needs, but he also meets their physical needs. And so several of our ministry partners are involved in doing that in really amazing ways in the Sioux Empire. And so I want to call up Mary Kaufman, from Destiny Medical Clinic, and she heads up the after-hours clinic downtown, which serves people who don't have insurance. So really excited for you to be here. Thank you, Mary. And I want to tell you I am really excited to be here, too. I'm really honored to be here. I'm honored that I was invited, and that I'm honored um, by your support, too. Um, I can't talk about all of the what Destiny International involves, but I can talk to you about the Destiny Outreach After Hours Clinic. We're a clinic for people that don't have insurance, and we're open on Thursday evenings from 6 to 8.30. We're located on the second floor of the Sioux Falls Ministry Center, and um, 
and uh, we've it's been there since July of 2011, and right now I'm the nurse manager, clinic office manager, whatever whatever the clinic needs at that time, I, I happen to take care of. And we uh, there's the people that don't have insurance, each of them has a story. There's a million reasons why people don't have insurance, and like I said, it comes with a story. And um, we... And the people really need to be seen there. First, what we do is we intake them into our computer and interview them and make sure that we're able to see them and take care of their needs. Then um, then after that, then they go see our physician assistant, our nurse practitioner, and then they're invited to prayer. We have prayer partners available there to speak with them, to talk with them, to pray with them, whatever they need at that time. So also, too, there's a need for prayer partners at, at the clinic. So if that comment just touched your heart right now come and join us and uh, there's some brochures out front about where you can contact the after hours clinic and just leave a message or talk to whoever answers the phone and tell them you're interested in doing that too and there's also a need for uh, mid-level providers and then also for nurses so if something that touches you too just contact us we'd be happy to hear from you um Let's see, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, and we're acute medical care. So we see things like sore throats, colds, flu, um, urinary tract infections, skin conditions. And even if you do have like a, um, a, like a, a sore joint or something like that, we're able to take care of that too. We can tell you how to treat it and take care of it. And if we think that you need more care than what we're able to provide, we can refer you to someplace else. And also we do see some people with mental health issues and we can help guide you where to go there too. So, but um, being the nurse at that clinic is really a blessing to me. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Really appreciate it. Oh, Mary, here you go. Sorry, I almost forgot it. Thank you. I love this next ministry. It's another ministry that reaches out into the community beyond the church walls. Uh, and uh, you're about to hear from one of the most positive guys in the entire world right now. Okay, Josh Hayes is going to come up and he's going to talk to you for just a minute about the Faith Temple Friday Food Giveaway. Thank you guys, first off, for allowing us to be here and just your partnership. So the Faith Temple Food Giveaway, uh, we're just entering our 10th year this next May. In this next upcoming year, uh, we're also going to hit the 1, million, 1 millionth person that we fed. So I think that's just amazing. Here in especially the Sioux Falls area, that we think that uh, there's not a need. But even this past Friday, we had 600 people come to the food giveaway. And we were able to give away 30,000 pounds. And that food will feed about 2,000 people um, over the Thanksgiving season. Um, so the food giveaway costs about $2,000 a week. Uh, we pay Feeding South Dakota for the food. A lot of people think that the food is free, but we, we do pay for the food and the rent of the building. Um, but I, I get letters all the time. And um, about a year ago, we got a letter from a 13-year-old girl um, and she wrote, wrote to us and said that her mother and her had gone to the food giveaway because her mom was out of work. And that she had seen her mom losing weight, but she hadn't seen anything. Uh, she hasn't said anything. And when she went to the food giveaway, it was something where she did not only receive food, the physical food, but they received hope. They received a gospel through that as well. And that's our mission. We don't want to just feed people. We just don't want to provide that physical food. But we want to provide that emotional food, that spiritual food um, that only Christ can give. So that's something that we see um, that there is a need in, in Sioux Falls. And, you know, we're hoping that we go out of business. We, you know, we want to be able to have everyone fed in Sioux Falls. But we will be here um, until that time comes. And thank you all, each, each and every one of you, and thank you guys for uh, your commitment to Sioux Falls, feeding the hungry, where Jesus said, when I was hungry, uh, you fed me. So thank you guys so much. You're welcome. I feel like we could talk a long time about each one of these ministries, and the next one's no different. Uh, I'm going to bring up Peter Nord from the Community Outreach. One of the things as a church that we have a responsibility to do is to take care of the poor and those people that find themselves in a difficult financial situation. The trouble is, um, a lot of times as churches, we're not very good at doing that well. 
We're not very good at doing that in a way that actually helps people. Um, sometimes our, actually our helping hurts. And of course, as a church, we went through that book together, tried to figure out how are we going to do this better. Well, the community outreach was a big part of our solution there. And so Peter's going to talk to you a little bit about what they do. Thank you, Peter. Well, thank you guys. Um, wonderful opportunity to be here and to, to talk and to share about the, the uh, impact that the community outreach is having in the, the Sioux Falls community. Believe it or not, I mean, we, we talk about numbers and we talk about the reach of, of poverty in our, our community, but it, it goes a lot further than even I could have begun to imagine. The community outreach, what we do and we work to do is to help prevent homelessness in the Sioux Falls community through financial education, financial literacy, and then when it is appropriate for individuals, financial assistance too. Um, but believe it or not, in Sioux Falls last year, just to our organization, 8,500 people talked to us because they are about to be evicted from their apartments or their lights had been shut off. Or a lot of times too, where we can help out is maybe somebody has started a new job but they don't have any funds to get to work on time. So they are, they are lacking the, the ability to get to work. And I know that I wouldn't be able to hold my job if I couldn't get to work on time. And that's no different from anybody else. So we can help them with a 30-day bus pass to make sure that they're getting to work on time. But overall, I mean, our overall mission is, is really to be focused in, in sharing um, the gospel through um, the, the work of our, our churches. So we're here to kind of serve as, as a social worker for these congregations so you guys can step in and take care of those spiritual needs and we can have some expertise and some knowledge on how do we help prevent some of these issues. In everything that we're doing, though, we are working to partner next to people, to be beside them, to walk with them, to give them the skills, the confidence, um, and, and quite frankly, sometimes the shoulder to cry on or the shoulder to lean on uh, to make sure that they, they have the ability to budget, to plan, to anticipate ahead of time. So we are, just like Faith Temple, working ourselves out of a job. That's the, that's the old overall goal, and we try to do that every single day. One of the best ways we do that is with our Genesis Mentoring Program. Uh, and in that program, we are actually um, going to, we ask for community volunteers to work with somebody, to work, meet with them 12 times over an 18-week period, to not just look at a budget one time, but look at it on an ongoing basis and make adjustments as that, that is appropriate. Uh, we're looking to make sure that we're understanding your needs versus your wants. Uh, we're making, uh, look at understanding too um, how you can set some goals to start eliminating debt, to free up those incomes so you can stay housed and you can stay as a helpful, profitable, um, profitable and moving forward member of our, our community. Uh, and then further, we even just started a brand new program called the Hezekiah House. Um, this, this last year, actually on November 1st, our very first people moved in, and that's a home ownership program where we are, are helping to move people along the line, uh, some of the working poor in our community, to get them to a point where they can buy a house. And even better, um, we can get them helped out with down payment assistance, where they're renting an apartment or a home from us right now. At the end of their time in the program, they would be eligible to receive up to 50% of the rent they pay us back as a down payment on a home. So transformational, we're truly, truly there working, partnering, and being beside people. So if you have a desire or help to help out, there's a three um, really quick, easy ways you can get connected in. First off, we love your prayers and your support because it is a problem that is bigger than we can ever imagine in this community. So continue to pray for us. We can always use volunteers to step in with our Genesis mentoring program huge, huge opportunity for you to walk beside somebody to uplift and strengthen them. You don't need to be a CPA. You don't need to be a, a financial wizard to be a good mentor. You just got to care about people because we can help you out with those other parts. Um, and then finally, we actually have a, a Christmas program that we're doing this year too um, called Sharing Christmas, and that helps out with some of the basic needs of, of those in our community to make sure that they have what they need at this upcoming Christmas season. Um, and especially with that, we've started our Sharing Christmas store this year. So talk to me about that after the service if you want to find a way to, to get connected in with that, especially in helping out to run that store. Because I'll just tell you, we've been blessed and overwhelmed with the, the support we've had for the store. So I need bodies. I need people. So talk to me afterwards. I'd love to get you in. Amen. Hey. The next one, and I'm, all of you, I love all of you very much. You're all really wonderful, all right? But the next one is my favorite. 
<laughs> Just saying, all right? I'm going to tell you why it's my favorite, all right? That mission statement painted on that wall out there says that we glorify God by making disciples. And the next statement is so important to me, and it's a big part of this crybaby's heart here, and that is, in our neighborhood. And that's so important that this church has a presence right here, right where we are. You know, a lot of us in Life Church, let's be honest, we live in other areas of the city, and we come over here to this neighborhood to have church. We can't just walk away. And this organization has allowed us to be hands-on touching uh, the neighborhood. Now, having said all that, I don't have an envelope for this person today because we're going to give out a lot of envelopes to this organization pretty soon. And this is an elementary school here in Sioux Falls. So Jane, please come up here. Jane Hanneman is coming. She uh, is a, a wonderful principal, and uh, she is at Jane Adams School. Just talk to us and tell us about it. Absolutely. Wow. See if I can hold myself together here after that. Um, I just want to first of all say thank you to um, both of you for welcoming our school into the heart of this church. And um, I am principal of Jane Adams. As he said, there's actually two schools within that building. One of them is All City Elementary. Um, where parents are actively involved in the school every single day. And the other school is the Elementary Immersion Center, where we welcome newcomers to the country. Um, they are all refugee or immigrant students who are coming to us. And they, are, they come to us because they are speaking little or no English. Um, and so our task is to teach them English along with every other subject area. And they just stay with us for a short period of time until their language um, skills are at a point where they can move on um, to their own neighborhood school. Um, but with that comes a lot of challenges, and we're, we're recognizing more and more every single day that um, with students, these students coming to us, um, and actually in both of our schools, kids come to us um, through traumatic experiences, and oftentimes they don't even know what those are. Um, for some of our students, they are being raised by parents who have had a lot of trauma in their life, and that makes it very, very difficult. And so we are taking a very close look at the social, emotional needs of kids, because we know if they're going to learn, we have to deal with that um, side of them. And so... Um, the way that this church has blessed us, they, they, you have blessed us in many ways, um, but our staff really needs a lot of support um, because they're dealing with some really tough stuff. And um, this year, Pastor Dave had asked me, you know, what prayers do you um, request do you have? And it, it has been um, increasingly more and more th this year, especially um, with the groups that we've had coming um, I asked for prayer for our staff, for strength for them every single day. They love the kids that they are serving. They love them. They are passionate about them. But it's hard. It's hard every single day. And so um, with that being said, I just want to say thank you um, for your support to our staff, um, the gift that you give to them honestly has, if I could tell you all the stories that they share, um, when you say, for God so loved that he gave, um, you are teaching them. Many of them have come and are so overwhelmed by this gift, um, they are, in turn, have started going out to give with that same mission. Um, but they need a lot of support, and they are feeling support through this, and they're feeling humbled by your ministry. So, with that being said, I just want to say thank you once again for all you are doing for Jane Adams School in this neighborhood. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I want to bring up our very own Kara DeHaan to talk about Caitlin's Fund. Now, you've heard a little bit about, well, probably quite a bit about this year, about Caitlin's Fund and sort of in a microscopic way what we're doing to support families after they have adopted but Caitlin's Fund is bigger than that. They've been a ministry partner of ours for several years. And so I also don't have an envelope for Caitlin's Fund because we're pouring a bunch of resources into the, the monthly support meetings. But just want Kara to share for a moment about sort of the larger scope of what they do. 
Good morning, friends. I'm so happy to call this my church. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, there are currently 153 million orphans worldwide. Um, Caitlin's Fund exists to give a voice to the voiceless. Um, one, we have a place in Haiti that is safe, provides a home, and provides education for this group of kids that we are raising up to stay there and to make that community a place that can continue to be healthy on its own. Um, number two, we give adoption grants out. Um, I think last year we gave over $50,000 worth of adoption grants to families who have chosen to step forward and do this process. Um, and number three, um, which is where Life Church has absolutely just blown us away. There were times last year at our adoption support group meetings where we had eight people. Um, six of those were the team members. <laughs> and we just stared at this couple. We're like, how can we help you? <laughs> um, our biggest meeting so far this year had, what, 120 people? including kids, because we now have therapeutic child care provided by so many of you. We have amazing food. Um, and it is just a place where families can come and feel supported. Thank you for stepping forward, Life Church, um, and just showing that this is not just God's heart, but it is your heart because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Um, we could not be making this impact without all of you who have stepped forward. So thank you, Life Church. I do have an envelope for the next one, but I don't have anyone to give it to today, okay? Uh, because both of the gentlemen who uh, work uh, on staff for Young Life are at camp with middle schoolers right now uh, speaking into their lives. But we have others here in Life Church uh, who are a part of Young Life as well, and they're here today uh, in, in support and solidarity. Young Life is a wonderful ministry that reaches out to high school and middle school and college students around the world, not just in the United States. Um, they focus on gatherings uh, which happen weekly. Uh, they focus on prayer times. Uh, they also focus on getting kids to an amazing camp experience once a year where they go far away from home and the familiar and the same old, same old. Uh, and in those camps, they have an amazing time of just enjoying doing fun things, uh, but bringing them full circle back to really what is the story of your life? And can we tell you the story uh, that God has for your life? Uh, and uh, then bringing those kids back. These uh, leaders go with them. That's why these guys uh, are there to, uh, this weekend. Uh, they are there to be with them, and they come back with them. And then there's local support inside of Young Life for all of these students so that they can continue to be discipled and grow uh, in this newfound faith that they have. Uh, so it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry and outreach to young people. And we're proud to have both of these uh, leaders who are paid staff uh, and some of their leaders as well uh, as members of this church here, Life Church. Uh, so they will get this envelope, but uh, praise the Lord for Young Life. All right. Amen. And our next, our next ministry partner I'm really excited about because they're a new ministry partner this year. But uh, one of the cool things is you've already heard from two ministries that are actually housed in this ministry, and that's the Sioux Falls Ministry Center. So I want to bring up Nate Helling, um, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about it. But also, as a side note, they bought our old building. So if nothing else, we owe them a big round of applause. Praise the Lord. <laughs> It's great to be here this morning. Thank you very much for your partnership. So in a room this size, there are a lot of people that have no idea what the Ministry Center is or what we do. Honestly, there are people who are in our buildings who have no idea what the Ministry Center is or what we do. Um, and that's for a couple reasons. One, we're really not very good at telling our story. So I'm on the board, and I'm still learning it uh, half the time. But we're not good at telling our story. We're working on that. The other piece is 
we honestly exist to help make ministry happen. So stewardship is about what we have, not what we want or need. It's our belief that in Sioux Falls and our churches and our ministries, we have everything we need to do what God's calling us to do. So much of it is just bringing us together, um, bringing the relationships, helping kind of the behind the scenes things. And that's what the ministry center does. We kind of try to be the behind the scenes, helping connect people that are on the front lines doing ministry. So we do that in three ways, really. One, we own buildings. And so we have the ministry center downtown that houses ministries. Uh, Most of those are focused on poverty ministries. And the idea was to get them in a room together, into a building together, to work together, see what happens to figure out we can do more together than apart. The second piece is things like empower church networks. So getting pastors together, getting churches together, again, talking about poverty, learning together, and just building relationships. And third is to change a neighborhood. And so we're in the Pettigrew Heights neighborhood. We now own another building, uh, Central Church, which is my home church, uh, has a campus there, and we've just been a part of starting a preschool. And so thank you for being a partner and uh, being a part of what God's doing. A big part of our relationship factor is that we are always trying to find and network and work with uh, ministries that empower and equip. We really believe that discipleship has to be the core piece of what we're doing. So whatever ministry or organization we're working with, we're looking at ways that that organization empowers people and trains people and equips people uh, to do what they need to do for God. Um, And uh, that can just cross the gamut uh, in in our city. Uh, And one of those areas that sometimes I think doesn't like get a lot of attention is the area of uh, worship. Uh, And uh, Shift 115 has been around for a while, and uh, and I love this guy. Uh, Seth is all about teaching people how to worship and and how uh, to be with the Lord. Um, And uh, they have an equipping school, and he'll tell you all about that. Uh, But I just so love he and Rebecca's passion uh, and their heart to see people flourish inside of their gifts uh, and to be able to acknowledge what those gifts are and then come along beside them and walk with them over a long period of time. And Life Church has been blessed by what they have done uh, in the lives of other people, and we're blessed by them themselves. So, Seth, please come talk to us. two-minute challenge. been looking forward to this. All right. So I've got, <laughs> unlike Bill, I'm going to go five-point five sermon in two minutes. Um, I did make some notes so I can try and keep it short. But yeah, Shift 115 Worship Collective, uh, helping worshipers of Jesus get over themselves since 2011. Um, that's a really our unofficial statement really is um, 115 comes from Psalm 115, uh, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your unfailing love and faithfulness. And that's really our heartbeat is helping uh, people shift or move to a place in, their, in worship and in their lives uh, in all that we do, all we say in our ordinary everyday lives, but also in those intentional moments as worship leaders, uh, people on worship teams and churches as leaders. Um, really getting over ourselves uh, and really putting our focus and being Christ-centered and uh, directing people towards God. So Shift 115, uh, that's where where the name came from, uh, what kind of what it means. And uh, worship school uh, is one of our two big things, worship school and community worship, kind of our our two main things right now that we focus on. Uh, Worship school is what what Bill uh, mentioned, and that's uh, really... An equipping center, uh, equipping uh, vision for equipping worship leaders and worship teams uh, in churches, uh, and so, so we have a nine-month worship school or nine-month worship leadership certification uh, that's in partnership with the seminary. So that's specifically for those who are in worship leadership, whether you've been leading for seven years or seven months or seven days, or on a worship team and feel like God is nudging you into uh, leadership and growing in that. Uh, so our heart for that is to really equip people uh, in leadership. Uh, we have really an emphasis on like spiritual formation uh, and, and uh, spiritual leadership, uh, and then use heart, head, and hands to try and keep uh, holistic formation. So whether it's the heart uh, and our prayer, our worship, and spiritual formation, our head and knowledge and biblical and technical training and hands and the application uh, of all of that and bring that together. 
Uh, so last year was when we launched our worship school, and we had nine students uh, in that last year and have four going through it right now, uh, specifically for worship leaders. And then throughout the year, we have monthly equipping sessions that are for anybody on the team. So anybody in the community, on the worship teams, can sign up for these different sessions and be part of the worship school uh, in whatever platform they're serving from, uh, however they're involved uh, in worship ministry. Um, and then another part of worship school uh, is, is just consulting with churches and serving and training and mentoring, coming alongside pastors and, and uh, leadership teams or coming alongside uh, worship leaders or team members and just consulting, mentoring, and offering any insight that we can. Uh, community worship uh, is kind of our other, not kind of, it is our other main thing uh, that we do. Um, and that really points back to our, our heartbeat, uh, how, how we started was really our, our vision of building unity in the church through Christ-centered worship, and that's gathering, gathering the church together for worship. Uh, and I love how uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, uh, out of the message, it says, This keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance, for no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. And I love how, how that words that specifically about our self-importance. And uh, one of the things in, in working with churches and reflecting on myself after serving, you know, in churches and worship leadership and ministry, uh, things that I daily have to wrestle with it comes back to self-centeredness. And I think that for a lot of us in the church and ministry and all that we do, uh, we're constantly wrestling with getting over ourselves, right? Uh, and so that, I love that heart of bringing, bringing, bringing the body together together. Uh, our heart for bringing together and gathering all nations and denominations, whether it's a small, you know, gathering of 5, 10, 15 people or a gathering of 100, 200, 300 people. Um, we love partnering with churches, ministries, organizations, colleges, uh, and helping uh, to do that. And then lastly, uh, Traveler, which some of you have heard of, and I think I missed a couple weeks ago when um, you maybe mentioned this, but Traveler is a music project of mine that's technically also a ministry of Chiffon 15 and helps us kind of get the word out and share a little bit about what we do and how we do um, the ministry that, that we're about. And so I, I released a CD earlier this year, this summer, and so there are some CDs out, I think, on the table somewhere out there. Uh, if you want to grab one, you can grab one. Uh, and it's also on Spotify and all that um, under Traveler. And so that's, that's something that the Lord has really put in my heart to just uh, continue um, sharing and, and sharing music and what God's up to through our ministry. Um, and finally, finally, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for, for uh, partnering with us and allowing me to partner with you. Um, it's such a blessing to be here. Um, it's so good. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right, two more left, and excited about both of these. They're both new partnerships that we've forged, and I think Pastor Bill and I had a, a bit of an aha moment over the last five years, probably largely because of the promptings of Nathan Hitchcock, that, uh, hey, where do people spend most of their time during the week? It's at work. And a lot of times ministries make a big mistake in, in um, sort of pushing people to, that all their ministry time should be after work. But no, your ministry time is a lot of times at work, and the worship that you give to the Lord is at your workplace, right? And um, so I'm really excited to bring my good friend James Swanson up. He's going to talk about corporate care, uh, which does workplace chaplaincy, so meeting people at the workplace, um, inviting them into that space with Christ, and uh, just so excited to invite James. Thanks, Dave. It's good to be here with you guys this morning, and um, my name's James Swanson. I serve with Corporate Care of the Sioux Empire, and we basically step into the workplace and offer gospel care. I call it an on-site employee assistance program focused on the gospel, and uh, so it's based on Acts 17. Basically, that's our mission. Paul in the city of Athens, he's, he's there. He sees their idols. He begins to go to the marketplace and reason with the people there. And his desire is to nudge them closer and closer to God, knowing that God is actually nearby. And so that's what we get to do as corporate care, is step into the workplace each and every day with this gospel-focused care. And we seek to glorify God in the workplace. And so 
um, in the power of Christ, we'll step in and build trust-based, permission-based relationships. Employers who desire to extend this type of care to their employees will uh, contract with us, and we get to come in and offer an employee benefit there that is a chaplain assistance program. And essentially, we'll offer uh, workplace Bible studies too, but we're there week in and week out to make rounds to come alongside employees with ongoing care, discipleship of believers in the workplace, because I don't know about you, but it's easy to forget that I carry Christ with me, whether I'm in the grocery store or at work. I'm sure many of you work, and like Dave said, you spend most of your waking hours there. And so as believers, we're called to be light in the darkness, right? A city on a hill. And so we get to encourage believers in the workplace to do exactly that and to pray with them. And unbelievers, are, we have a huge heart. Obviously, it's, a, it's an incredible blessing to step into a workplace situation and meet them right where they're at. I love it when an employee says to me, hey, I've got a question. And it's almost always a God-related question. And this could be a welder. It could be a electrician, it could be an engineer, whoever we happen to be standing alongside. And we get to point them to Jesus Christ. And so it's an incredible blessing to be pulled into that. And we get the opportunity to serve. Uh, in December, we'll be serving 10 local employers here in, in the Sioux Falls region. That's, and then one in Uganda. So we serve about 1,300 employees all together and get to step into their, their workspace and preach the gospel, essentially. And so um, I have lots of stories running through my mind right now, but I would just ask that you would pray that we do that faithfully. Mm -hmm. We are basically, um, one of my board members calls us infiltrators, and so we get to step <laughs> into the workplace and not be noticed uh, so much as we are taking people's hearts from whatever area of brokenness they're experiencing, pointing them to Jesus Christ so that they can experience wholeness. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to have thousands upon thousands of interactions each and every year with people on their own turf where they work. And, and if you know of a business owner or a business that might be interested in this, please connect me with them. Would love to... Revelation talks about how a door that God has opened can't be shut. And so we've got to, to see that happen in so many ways in, in local businesses. And so, um, and then I want to encourage each of you, you will scatter from this place, right, and go to your workplace or you'll go to a store to be a consumer. Remember, you carry the gospel with you. And you get to nudge people like Acts 17, reason with them, nudge them closer to God who is actually really close and and he's being revealed through us. And so we get to be that witness of God's matchless love. And so thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. We have one more. I'm excited about this one because this is a new edition. We love growing in this, and uh, so we have a new edition this year. Uh, one of our elders' wives is on the board uh, of this organization, Habitat for Humanity. Um, and we love that uh, we can give to organizations that they really have the heart of Jesus, they really have the gospel uh, in the core of them, uh, but yet uh, they are able to cross lines and, and push out beyond boundaries that some of us other, like a church, maybe can't do, uh, and Habitat is one of those organizations. So uh, will you please come, Nikki, and will you just talk to us a little bit about Habitat? That's for me. This for you. This is for us. <laughs> So I am Nikki. I serve at Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls, and thank you for having us here today. I love mornings like this one. I have listened to some of the other two to five minute presentations, and <laughs> I'm hoping yes. I'm more on the two end, but you know, <laughs> you give us a mic. Um, and we have partnered with many of them at Habitat for Humanity. 
I understand that Adams Thermal Foundation is one of your international partners, and we have built three homes with them down in Canton and the Compass Center, and we have students at Adams Elementary. And so to be here with all of you, in front of all of you, makes for an amazing Sunday. And I thank you from my heart and Habitat's heart. Um, I am the one who's been sitting up here crying during the worship songs because they always get me. <laughs> and there's one we had today that we sing at our church, um, Embrace. And it talks about the breath in our lungs. And it's that breath that gets us up every morning to help families who, in some cases, don't have a voice. In some cases do, but we don't really hear it. And it makes me think of how... So I've been involved with Habitat since about the year 2000, so 17, 18 years. I've been reflecting on the years I've been involved, all the different places I have lived, um, the different churches we've been a part of, different friends I've had, different jobs. And the one constant, regardless of friendship, regardless of family relationship, regardless of work life, has been faith in God. I think he made us that home is something we strive for, is something we need. I think church is a home. I think work is a home. I think your family is a home. And I think we come to church on Sunday, and it's a pivot point. I think we look at the week we lived, and we can reflect on what happened. I think we look at the week ahead, and we think about what we want to do, don't want to do, what we look forward to, who we get to love on, or maybe should more than we want to. So I appreciate these pivot points. I appreciate your church and how much it is helping organizations like ours pivot, help people with voices, help people without voices, and understand the importance of each other in whatever home you find yourself in. So if your personal home is safe and stable and decent, amen. And if it is not, Thank God for Habitat. If your work home is safe and decent and pleasant, amen. And if it's not, thank God for corporate care. So with these organizations and Habitat getting to stand right here, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for the weeks to come. And thank you organizations that we get to stand amongst you and make Sioux Falls one of the best places in the entire world. Thank you so much. Amen. Okay, uh, I'm going to ask all of you who spoke to come back up here for just a moment. Our elders are going to come up. Uh, David's going to hand them, our elders and their wives are going to come up, and uh, David's going to hand them the, uh, the microphone, and uh, they are going to just pray a little prayer uh, over you uh, as a as a group, all right? Uh, so um, we're going to just take a, a couple of minutes to do this and uh, enjoy the, the fellowship of prayer um, together. And then after we do that, then we will dismiss you for the day. And you can go home and you can think about, wow, all the stuff that was said today. I need to give more money. And you can write out more checks and you can bring them back and give them, all right? And all you got to do is put on your check which one of these organizations uh, you want your money to go to. And you may sit there and think, wow, I should be praying more. I can't remember all the things that they said. Well, there are prayer sheets. Every one of these individuals gave some prayer requests. It's on a sheet, uh, and, and you can pick one up and take it with you as you go today, and you can continue to pray uh, for these individuals as well, okay? All right, let's move into the spirit of prayer and uh... Father we thank you we thank you for the opportunities God that you have given us to to be a blessing but Father more than that we thank you for the people who have stepped to the front line and mm -hmm. really, really took a hold God of what you're doing yes. in and through Sioux Falls so we pray God that you would bless each ministry Father as they have so blessed uh Many people, God, but those people, those, these ministries, Father, have really um, touched the heart of so many different families. And, Father, we know that it is it's all because of your great love, the great love that you have shown toward them, God, that they can share that love. 
with others. So, Father, in, in all that, God, we just pray that you will be glorified, that you will be magnified, that you will be exalted, yes. and that you, God, will continue to just bless each of these ministries, along with Life Church, God, to just be a blessing to as many people, wherever they are, God. And I pray that you would indeed help us to, to just be a blessing to this neighborhood and, that, and, and, and beyond, God, that you would just help us to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name. Father, we do thank you for your tremendous love for us and the love that you have placed within the hearts of all these that are involved in these ministries. Father, your word says that we are to not look out merely for our own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And Lord, we thank you for the heart of love that these people have for those that are in need and that they are looking out for the needs of others, which is your heart, Lord God. You have a uh, heart of compassion toward us. Thank you for the compassion that you have placed within the hearts of these people and these ministries for those that are in need. And I pray that you will just bless them with greater compassion, bless them with uh, wisdom and understanding as to how to minister, Lord. I pray that you bless them with the finances that they need, Lord God, and wisdom to know how best to use them. And then we pray for open hearts, Lord, for all those that will be touched, that they will see your goodness and your generosity, your love for them, that they will be drawn to you, Heavenly Father, through the work of your Holy Spirit, through those that are ministering. And we thank you for them coming today to share with us and just pray that you will just pour your spirit upon them to continue walking under your grace, your strength, and wisdom throughout the days and months and years ahead. Father, we just pray that your grace would be upon these organizations and these individuals that are a part of them. God, we thank you for each one. We know that the work that they do is hard. We know that there are attacks that come because of days like this where we unify. So we just pray your protection over them. We pray that you would just bless them and fill them with strength and courage to continue this work, to continue the fight to continue the, the hard things that they are doing to glorify and honor you. And we just thank you so much for the work that they're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stand with me, please. Thank you all for staying with us today through this time. Um, let's close with a blessing taken from Romans chapter 15, all right? May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great day and a great week.